GM, GM, welcome to another episode of Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. Don't get caught in the hype cycle. I'm Jay Bird, joined by my co-host Kyle Reedhead, and we believe that self-custody is going to change the world. That's why we're carving a path for doers to confidently build and invest in Web3. What's up, Kai? Welcome back. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. I was at a conference teaching all about self-custody last week or this past week. So it's good to be back here. And what a crazy freaking week it's been in this space. We got meme coins going crazy. We've got NFT leveraging now the hot topic. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Yeah, we're going to jump right into is NFT lending good or bad? We'll debate a bit about whether it's good or bad, but we're also going to talk about what I think you and I both want to bang our heads against the wall for is like, really, what is the future here of digital assets and this financialization of digital assets? And currently we're just in this market where we're all investing on PFPs and like, does that make sense? Where are we really going with this? And what's really the potential long-term? And how does something like Blend by Blur, their new lending platform, their new lending protocol, fit into this long-term? Because I think right now there's a lot of fear and a lot of scary times for people in the market because when something like a lending, a leverage-based protocol comes out, when we're already in a bear market and could potentially push us lower. We saw how bad leverage can be. That's what put us in this bear market in the first place, right? Leverage with everything that happened with Terra Luna and and then yeah. Celsius and all these others. It was leverage that got everyone into this problem. And now we're saying, hey, let's leverage up our NFTs that are already pieces of shit. <laughs> what is going on? So anyway, let's discuss that and let's figure out if this is a good thing, bad thing, or what do we think? Let's figure it out. But before we do, we'll just take a minute to hear from our sponsors. The future of social media is here, and that future lives in Web3 on top of Lens Protocol. Web2 social platforms are broken and ripe for disruption. You see, the epicenter of social media is the creators, and yet they are the most neglected. Web2 platforms like Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram are all essentially robbing creators of their worth. Creators are a new type of entrepreneur, forming new types of businesses. Yet with Web2 platforms, creators don't own their content or their profiles, and that's their product and business. Instead, they are tied to the platforms they choose to create on. Well, just like how crypto is freeing us from banks, Web3 is freeing us from these centralized platforms. On Lens Protocol, creators own their content, own their profile, and even their social graph and followers in the form of NFTs. This allows you to move freely from one social application to another with your content, profile, and followers moving along with you. Lens Protocol enables self-sovereignty for your social graph and interoperability across the internet. At Web3 Academy, we believe this is the future of social, and that's why we've partnered with Lens to ensure that the path of social media is heading in the right direction. Visit lens.xyz to learn more today. What if I told you that industry pioneers from flagship Web3 brands such as Consensus, Polygon, Binance, Unstoppable Domains, Ledger, and Uniswap will all meet up in one place this summer. You don't want to miss this. I'm talking about the epic Web3 conference taking place in beautiful Lisbon on the 9th of June with over 20 curated talks, speed consultations with Web3 experts, networking sessions with investors, and even the opportunity to raise funds. This conference has it all and you'll get the tools you need to succeed in this industry. Plus, we at Web3 Academy will attend and host a community meetup with you and the other smart community before the main event. So come along, 
Meet us, network, and start building alongside leading Web3 innovators. We can't wait to meet you. Remember, Lisbon, Portugal, 9th of June. We've got a 15% discount for you, but ticket prices go up every few days. So get your tickets today by using the link in the show notes. Enter the promo code WEB3ACADEMY15 to secure your spot. Or if you become a pro member, you can get an even bigger discount. So go pro today. And we'll see you in Lisbon, Portugal, on the 9th of June at the Epic Web3 Conference. Welcome back. This topic came up because Blur launched Blend this past week, which is their lending protocol. And we have seen a lot of action on it already. Over 20,000 ETH already loaned on Blend. It's actually become the largest NFT lending protocol on chain to date as of i think like today you'll be hearing this a few days from when we're recording this but it's grown rapidly now i mean it's grown rapidly partly because they also announced that you get blur tokens and they're incentivizing you and rewarding you to use it you guys can't see the camera right now kyle is making a poo poo face for that but blend aside the nft lending ecosystem is nothing new. There's been products in this space. There's BenDAO, there's ArcadeXYZ, there's NFTFi. So this is something that's been happening for a while and it's not small. There's over 400 million, I think 450 million in total value locked within various NFT lending protocols. There's 21 protocols across a few different blockchains, although most of them are on Ethereum. So this is nothing new. And lending in general is nothing new to any financial market. It's actually a big part of any financial market. Where I want to start is I have a lot of worry when you bring lending into a market of uneducated traders and uneducated borrowers. And that is what most of the NFT market is. I'm not trying to be cruel and call people dumb. I don't think you're dumb. I mean more so that you are not financial educated. You are not aware of basically the advanced math that goes into why you know banks make the money that they make and how they're able I mean, to set themselves even up. Even the most educated finance people in the traditional world get it wrong, True. right? Like we got banks blowing up left, right, and center because they're over leveraged. We had- Great point. All the like the amount of CFI banks that blew up in our space last year, and these were all finance people that came in space like- right. Leverage in general is absolutely ridiculous in most cases, especially in an asset. I mean, that is extremely volatile, which we've been saying right. crypto for a long time. And now we're taking it to the, the thing that's even, there's only one thing in the world more volatile than crypto assets. That's yeah. NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. NFTs. So, like, DGEN after DGEN after DGEN. What does leverage do? Leverage leads to more volatility because yeah. when you have people who are taking out loans and then floor prices are going down, well, then those loans get liquidated. It pushes floor prices lower, right? When you have people taking out loans on the rise, they're taking out loans to buy more. They're getting more leverage. It's pushing more liquidity into the space and floor prices are rising. So it's scary when we're in the position that we're in right now to think about, is it a good idea to buy a CryptoPunk or an Azuki for 80% on loan and the rest you put up front? So you're buying an Azuki for like two ETH. Is that a good idea when you don't even know what the business model of Azuki is? And if they're going to, if money's even going to come back, the risk is just so high 
And so, look, I had a gut wrench reaction to this that I was scared. But for those who don't understand what it means by buying on leverage, think of like just a mortgage for a house, right? You put down 5% or 20% or whatever, and then the bank lends you the 80% or the 95% to cover the rest of your house. You now own the house, but you have a you know 80 to 95% loan of the value of that house that you have to pay back. And then there's interest on that, right? That's essentially what this is for NFTs. You can think of it that way, just to, in case you don't know, understand like financial talk. A house makes sense. Like mortgaging a house, houses typically increase in value over time, especially land, right? I mean, obviously there's major market mm-hmm. movements. Are you saying our beloved JPEGs aren't going to increase in price over time, Jason? Yeah, I am saying that. <laughs> I am saying that. Because like, what's the equivalent? What's the equivalent of what we're doing with NFTs? It's like, you had this example with the Soho house. What did you say? Right. Well- Okay, so let's back up for a second here. So like, I think that taking a loan against a non-fungible thing is not a bad idea. I think it's a great idea, actually. So when I heard Blur was doing this, it's like, oh, this is extremely smart. Of course, this is where this is going to go. But that's because I believe that everything will be tokenized and everything will be an NFT, right? So like your house and your car, the pink slips to your car, these will all be NFTs, not pieces of paper in the future. And so... Why shouldn't I be able to take out a loan against my and use my car as collateral or my home as collateral, right? Or buy a car or buy a house using a digitally native protocol to get my loan rather than using a bank. Makes complete sense. Now, the problem is we're not there yet. You can't, for the most part, get a house or a car or that kind of stuff through a loan yet, as an NFT yet, sorry. Yes. Another big thing is in the physical world, art is often something that you put up as collateral to take out a loan to then go and buy other things. So like, that makes sense. The problem here in this space is that most NFTs are neither a house or a car. I mean, some are art. A lot of them are like these just stupid PFPs that are a collection of a promise of a potential metaverse or a game or like whatever the thing is they want to create. But like they're just these like membership pictures that people are speculating on. And that's why these things are so volatile. And so like, to me, when I think about this, it's kind of like buying a membership to like Soho and then like trying to leverage it or not even leveraging it. It's trying to get a loan to buy a Soho membership. You know, there's like people are like, I want to look so cool. I want to be part of this membership right. of Soho's and yeah. I don't want to sit by the pool and take pictures on my Instagram that I'm at this like beautiful place, but I make, you know, a grand a month, so I can't afford it. So I'm going to take a loan to buy this like extremely expensive membership pass, which just makes zero sense. Except in the case, in this analogy, they haven't even built Soho House. You've bought a PFP and you get access to a Discord. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. So it's even worse. I'm bullish on the idea and I think we need this. And like this is coming. So this is a great experiment for what will be. I'm glad that so far, I think there's only what? Is it just CryptoPunks and two others that you can use right now? Yeah, there's only three collections that you can currently Right, which are fairly low volatile NFT assets for the most part. So like great place to start. I hope that they just don't open this to all assets because that's going to be an absolute shit show because again, people are buying these NFTs that have no idea what they are. Even the smartest people still don't know what these things are yet. Still don't know how they're going to react with different markets and things. Like we understand how equities act in markets. We understand how gold acts in markets. We understand how houses act in markets for the most part. You still have those like 
black swan events like 2008. But like for the most part, those have been around for so long that we understand them. So it makes sense that you can take out loans to get them or use them as collateral. In the crypto world and especially in the NFT world, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, eventually it will. As I said, everything is going to be tokenized and we're, this just makes complete sense. Right now though, I don't know. I wouldn't use it. Definitely not. Yeah, I mean, I don't even buy these kind of NFTs because I think they're all ridiculous. Let's just make a point here that I think is a point that you and I both believe in. I was a little bit late to this one. You probably believe this from the beginning is that nobody should ever buy an NFT. If what you are buying in your head, if you're like, if you're going around saying, I bought an NFT, I buy NFTs. No, no, that is not what you're buying. You are buying a membership pass. You are buying a ticket. You are buying a profile picture. Although I think we can both agree that profile pictures probably don't have a ton of utility. <laughs> and I don't know if that one's going to get yeah. you very far. Maybe a few, maybe CryptoPunks is a profile picture, maybe that one. Or you're buying a house in the future. So we need to flip the script on the language that we're using. And we need to stop saying, this isn't even necessarily about NFT lending right? This is about creating a marketplace for peer-to-peer -peer lending so that when more things are wrapped as an NFT to prove ownership, to prove authenticity, to validate and verify, then it'll be easier to take out a loan against well, that. The unfortunate thing is this, this is an experiment for when everything gets wrapped into an NFT and then we are getting mortgages for our homes and we're buying art and using it as collateral, doing all this stuff. It is going to make the ability to do those things so much, so much easier. Getting a mortgage for your house right now is pain in the ass. And a lot of people are getting it from banks that are failing at the same time. It's like, it's a joke to be completely fair. But when it's all on a digitally native marketplace on a blockchain where you can freaking get your mortgages without even having to speak to anyone and you can sell your mortgages and trade your mortgages, like it's going to be pretty amazing. I think right now we're probably going to, like, I don't know what this is going to do for the market, but it's probably going to be a mess for a little while. But the only thing I like is like, this is a way to experiment, to figure out how do we, using protocols, get leverage and get loans, right? Like we had to go through this with DeFi in the crypto world. Like we've done all this with tokens, like ERC20s, not non-fungible, but fungible ones. And again, it was a shit show when it first came out, but we figured it out. And now like, it's pretty normal to take out loans from your fungible tokens using like MakerDAO stuff. It's now like, pretty standard for anyone who's in the space. And so, but it took a while to figure things out. And, you know, a lot of things happened. People got liquidated like crazy. And now like people start to understand how you do it, what's good values, what's good ratios for your loan to like how much collateral you're going to put up, things like that. And same with like homes, for example, like they don't let you really do it unless you're at least 5% because they kind of understand how this stuff works. We're now like what, five days into this. Well, I mean, I guess we've had other protocols, but five days into this, like a real one that's actually big. I mean, it's going to take years for this stuff to actually be a little bit more normal and make sense. So I, I think it's good. We got to start somewhere. I don't know. I feel like it's going to terrorize some people in the meantime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we got to be building. We talked about this and we talk about this all the time on the podcast, like doers be doing like, please build. Everybody out there should be building right now is the best time to be building. The challenge is when what we're building is this financial layer that involves a lot of people's money, there's going to be a lot of people that lose. The problem is that, okay, so it's very risky. We get that. Not only is it risky, but now they're paying people to take risk. They're saying, hey, if you do this, we'll give you rewards in a couple months from now when we launch our Blur token. So they're literally incentivizing people to take tons of tons of risk. Whereas like, 
you always need to experiment with new ideas like this, which is great. Like when mortgages first became a thing, they had to experiment. And I'm sure some things blew up when they did that over time. But like they didn't incentivize people to do it. It wasn't this rush where anyone in the world could do it. It was like, you know what I mean? It took time and they slowly did it. Whereas this is just like, okay, free for all, everyone, like, let's go. And not only let's go, but like, we'll pay you to like, let's go. So it's like, let's fucking go. <laughs> and I mean, hey, that's how we do it in, in Web3, I guess. But I just hope real bad things don't come from this. Yeah, I mean, you got to give a shout out to the Blur team for- Shipping good products, yeah. Continually shipping good products for solving their problems because they basically had a liquidity problem because everyone was leaving the NFT market. As you said before we hit record, everyone's moving their money into ETH, Bitcoin, or Pepe. <laughs> and so what do they do? Well, they come out with a new product that brings more liquidity. So I was looking at the stats today, and since Blend launched, the daily transaction volume on Blur, 20% is through Blend, through Lullens. Right. So they're increasing their liquidity as a result of doing this. Like, but again, everything that Blur does is just propping up the market. Their volumes are all fake, right? Originally, and I mean, still now, it's all wash trading or it's all airdrop farming, right? So their volumes are not real. And then their volumes started going down because people stopped. and They're like, I actually don't care anymore. And then they introduced leverage. So now again, you have fake volume. It's just, I don't know. To me, I don't love it. We have to go through these things to get mm -hmm. the good stuff. So like, I don't know. I'm kind of torn if I think it's a good thing or not. Long term, I think it's a great idea. It really depends upon the audience that you're speaking to or the perspective that you're viewing it from because it's not good for trading PFPs. Like buying and selling PFPs, this is not good. And that's what most people are doing, right? But for art, I think it's great. But it's actually really, really cool for art. But we don't have enough valuable, like extremely valuable art, I don't think, in the Web3 space yet, like as NFTs. Like there's some, I mean, but I don't think that there's a ton. CryptoPunks... Fidenzas, there's definitely not a ton. And there's not enough people who understand that and buy them either, right? Like in the physical world, there's a lot of art buyers and there's a lot of artists and there's a lot of art worth a lot of money. And so you yeah. need financial services around that. In the digital world, like it, we're going there, this is why I think we need this stuff. We just don't have that many people in here that are buying digital art that are really expensive, you know? Mm -hmm. But hey, a lot of people on Blur are, are pro traders. I don't know if they're art collectors, but they're definitely pro traders. So at least they're somewhat experienced and if they lose their money on this, like they're probably not going to be living on the street. I hope. Yeah. I guess those are the people that should be experimenting with this. Like, right. Right. I mean, it's all whales on there. So let's let the whales blow up. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Can we all just but, make it together? Whatever happened to wag me. Right. But imagine OpenSea launched a very, very easy UX oh, way God. to take loans against your NFTs. And it was all retail doing it. Like that would be scary. At least blur and blend is like, it's very trader. Good point. Type application. So like your average person's probably not even going to know how to use it. They're not. Um, right. Which is the same. Like you try to do options trading and things like that. In the traditional world, it's very, very difficult. It's like retail people can't even do it. I don't know. If there's anyone to do it, I guess Blur should do it. That's a good point. All right. Well, in closing, this is good long term and neither of us have any idea what it's going to be short term. I think the key takeaway, everyone who's listening here. Stop thinking of the NFT market as PFPs. Yeah. I was at a conference and there was even a presentation on that. And the idea that they're just calling PFPs NFTs, like that's all NFTs are. And it's not it. Like you said, you don't buy NFTs. You're buying whatever the thing is. It's a house. It's a membership pass. It's a gaming asset. It's a art, like whatever. An NFT is just a wrapper. It's a clear wrapper. There is no 
it's a woozy wassy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not even a thing. You're not buying. It's just the unique identifier for it. That's yes. it. Yeah. It's like saying you're buying an MP3. No, yeah. you bought a Drake song. You know yeah. what I mean? I bought an MP4. No, you bought a fucking DVD. You bought a movie. It's the same idea. It doesn't really make sense. So anyway, I think that's the key takeaway. And then when you understand that, you start to go, oh, okay, of course we're going to take loans against things that are wrapped around NFTs, right? <laughs> Digital goods, whatever you want to call it. So when you kind of zoom out a little bit, broaden your horizon on what these things are, I think it all kind of makes sense. But we just don't live in that world right now. No, we live in the D-Gen, everybody's aping into Pepe world. So, Well, there it is. I mean, we told everyone a week and a half ago not to buy it, and it's now 15x since we told you guys not to buy it. So, you know, that's life. Yeah, so don't listen to us for investment advice, good or bad. <laughs> I mean, look, here's the thing, though, that bugs you. Dude, I don't even know if we're supposed to get into meme coins right now, but all I'm saying is we actually didn't say don't buy it. We said put 1% in. I think Jim yeah. said that. Yeah. Which would be, if you put 1% in right now, you'd done you'd be very happy as long as you took some profits. But also, like, how many meme coins have come out in the last month? In the last, in the last we month. Shared, we shared a guy that's been rugging, what, 120 in the last Yeah. Was it 60 days or 30 yeah. days or whatever? You got lucky if you put it in Pepe. Great. Don't ever put a lot in there. But if you did, cool. Here's the advice I'd give you, which is advice that Kyle gave me that I did not listen to. The day I bought my Moonbird... I don't think it was the, the same day, but like the next day, Kyle and I are on a call. It went from 8 ETH to 24 ETH. And Kyle said, sell it, man. And I was like, no way. Absolutely not. Thought I had the next board Ape Yacht Club. And, and I've learned a lot from this lesson. When there is profit, you take it off the table at a certain point. The worst investment decision that a lot of people make is this feeling of like, it's only going to go up. It's gone up. It's going to keep going up. And you have to take wins off the table. Otherwise, you're not an investor. Unless there's fundamental value and fundamental reasons for it. But remember, even Moonbirds, though it's a, now considered somewhat of a blue chip project, still doesn't, hasn't delivered anything yet. So fundamentally, there is nothing to support it being 24 ETH. You yeah. know, in the future, it might be sure. That's fine, right? But holding ETH in Bitcoin, that makes sense. Yeah. Fundamentally, these are very strong assets with good tokenomics and lots of users. And fundamentally, there's something there. There's more future to it, which is why you would hold it because there's potential growth, but at least it has something foundational to it. Same with Apple and Amazon, et cetera, right? But Pepe and Moonbirds, back when you first bought it, they had nothing, right? Yeah. So you got to take profits on those things. Exactly. Like what I should have done was I should have sold my Moonbird, taking the profits off the table, and then buy back in with the same amount that I started with. So now I've got mm. profits. Like with Pepe, that's exactly what I would do right now, right? I'd sell most of my Pepe. So I take some profit off and I'd keep some a small percentage for fun, right? Thinking that you can time the top is the worst mindset. You cannot. Yeah. Can't time the top, you can't time the bottom. You can't time the bottom either. No one can do that. Be safe out there, everybody. You got any closing thoughts? You gonna say something, Kai? Nope, that's it. I'm gonna let you do it. You're the closer. All right. I'm going to bring this one home by saying, don't take an NFT loan unless you're investing in something that's not a PFP. Well, you can only do it for PFPs right now on Blend. Oh, but that, that gets us into the, is CryptoPunks a PFP or is CryptoPunks art? Which I don't know if we want to have that conversation right now. No, we don't. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening in. Have a great week. We're coming at you this Wednesday with a deep dive on the NFT ecosystem and where we're at in terms of investing 
Should you be putting money in NFTs? Which projects are looking good? We had Gavin Purcell come on the podcast from overpriced JPEGs. And we'll see you at the end of the week with the roll up. Have a great week. Check you later. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice. Crypto and Web3 can be risky. You can literally lose it all. In fact, if you invest on account of what we say, you probably will lose it all. So don't do that. In all honesty, the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility and implementation anyway. So you should not take any of this as financial advice. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.